Hello and welcome back to another podcast. This week's episode will centre around the book The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. I feel like this will be a bit of a throwback book because I definitely remember a time when this book was everywhere on BookTok, but nowadays I don't see this book at all. So this book is a standalone book about, you guessed it, two people who hate each other and eventually fall in love. Oh my gosh, what a shock. Really, do I need to explain what this whole book's plot is? Because I have basically given you everything you need to know in less than 400 pages. Yes, that was a dig at this book. The Hating Game is recommended to people who like chick lit, workplace romance and enemies to lovers tropes. But for me, I would personally recommend this to people I absolutely hate. I find this fitting as this book is called The Hating Game. And the only thing I hated was this entire book. I'm sorry if you were the many thousands who liked this book because I probably don't have many nice things to say about this novel. If I could sum up my experience with The Hating Game, I would use the word vanilla. When I say vanilla, I mean... If I use the metaphor, my study is like an ice cream parlor and the bookcase is like the display case slash freezer and all the books on that bookcase are different flavors of ice cream, then The Hating Game would be vanilla. I wouldn't say that vanilla ice cream is a favorite of mine and I certainly wouldn't pick it if there were other flavors like cookie dough or cookies and cream, but if there were no other choices than vanilla... Would I pick it? Not necessarily. It could be also said that this book is vanilla in terms of the plot being very basic and not having a lot going on. Well, The Hating Game by Sally Thorne is her first ever book published. This book is about Lucy Hutton and her journey of absolutely hating her co-worker Joshua Templeman to then falling in love with him. Lucy and Josh both work for a major book publishing company, Bexley and Garmin, where they both have two separate bosses as the company has undergone a major transition, merging two companies into one. Lucy and Josh are both executive assistants and both share the same office and the same job. Until now, where there is no longer the demand for two executive assistants but a new job as a chief operating officer, which means whoever gets the title of this chief operating officer is ultimately the boss of the other. And so the CEOs have put forward a competitive way to choose who gets this new role by telling them they must offer up a presentation in front of a board panel of the list of qualities and ideas they bring to this new role. As the two are naturally competitive and hate seeing one another succeed, they play a series of games to distract each other from getting to be the other person's boss. But these games start to go wrong when Lucy pretends to make Josh slowly fall in love with her so she could get her dream job, but instead she actually falls in love with Josh for real. Don't worry, this book is very much what you see is what you get, so there aren't any plot twists, or unexpected turns. The author of this book, as mentioned before, is Sally Thorne, who, if you aren't aware, is actually Australian. When I first found out that she is Australian, I immediately wanted to read it to support her. 
Sally Thorne lives in Canberra, Australia with her pug and husband. The Hating Game was, like I mentioned, Sally Thorne's debut novel, which has also been turned into a film starring Lucy Hale and Austin Stowell, and the film was released late last year. Sally Thorne has gone on to write other novels as well, including 99% Mine, Second First Impressions, and her latest release, Angelica Frankenstein, makes her match. Personally, I think that it's great to see an Australian author doing so well and writing books that so many people enjoy reading. I want to switch up the conversation and discuss the writing style of this book. I'm going to be completely honest, I did not enjoy this book's writing style at all. It was all telling me what is happening. She doesn't go into detail about what is going on in the background of the scene, but instead she just writes blatantly what is happening between the two characters. For me, it makes this really hard to imagine how the scene is playing out in my head. She does a great job of describing Lucy and Josh's physical appearance in such precise detail, but Sally Thorne lacks the ability to describe how the scenario is playing out in a coherent way. With that being said, I think that also contributes to the fact that I also felt like there wasn't a whole lot happening during this novel. Because Sally Thorne isn't describing how much they love to hate each other. She's just plainly telling me which takes away half of the fun of reading. For me, I wanted her to illustrate how much they hated each other. Like the tension in the air is so palpable between them. You could almost taste the bad blood they had for each other. Did they really ever hate each other? Because of the way this book was written, I never really felt like they really hated each other. And for that, I am disappointed because if you are going to sell this as an enemies to lovers trope book, then I genuinely want to see them on the verge of killing each other. So when they eventually realize that they don't want to kill each other, there is already this sexually charged energy between them. That is what I call a perfect enemies to lover tropes book. Because you're taking the reader to one extreme where they can't stand each other. Then they're already in this natural conclusion of where they fall in love, which is the complete opposite of hating someone. There is also this sense of satisfaction of the writer taking the reader on this full journey of emotions. Since we are critiquing Sally Thorne's writing style already, I think this leads me to my next point of the plot of this novel. And yes, I did mention the plot of this novel just seconds ago, but the plot and the writing style of any novel goes hand in hand. They both have equal importance in making a good book great. I, however, witnessed the perfect example of how when the writing style of a book isn't the best, it kind of makes the plot even less interesting. I felt like I was reading a novel some young, horny high schooler wrote in their spare time and then they decided to publish it on Wattpad. Sorry if that was offensive, but that's what I genuinely thought while reading. The plot was one-dimensional and it lacked originality, and yes, I get it. This book, back when it was first published, probably was the only one at the bookstore, so people really enjoyed it, and that's the reason it blew up on BookTok. But with all the books being published now, there really isn't anything about the plot that stands out to me. The whole book, in my opinion, could have been told in two to three chapters maximum, because the rest of the book felt like fluff 
or filler as they call it in the media slash entertainment industry. And what I mean by that is that the entire book felt like they were going back and forth and it wasn't necessary as it didn't add anything to this book. This entire plot was Lucy and Josh playing juvenile games with each other to annoy one another so they could get the upper hand in getting this job promotion, which FYI never happened because Josh went and got a new job. I mean, what a cop out is this? I don't even get a definitive winner between them after this entire novel. There wasn't even an ending. I felt so ripped off. I was robbed of a conclusion to this book. This feeling of finally finding out who won between them was supposed to be a way to signal the conclusion of this novel and wrap everything up, but instead, I'm left with this feeling of, I don't know, confusion, hatred towards this book, because one, I put in all this time to finally see results and nothing came of it, and two, I would like my time back please, because it was wasted on an unsatisfying ending. This feeling is equivalent to reading this entire novel and Lucy waking up and realizing it was all a dream. Anyways, while I am angry because I have been blindly robbed, I also have to say, where is this book? I mean, where is the location of this book set in? Canberra? New York? Tokyo? I don't even know. San Francisco? Sally Thorne is so descriptive of Lucy and Josh's office interior that she hasn't even given them an actual setting to be in. It's like she forgot to put them on earth somewhere. So for me, I was picturing them in New York, but I don't think that's where they were supposed to be. And when you think that this book couldn't get any worse, it does. I have a lot of things to say about this book, so bear with me as we take a look at how not to write a romance novel, and this will be your masterclass. First of all, this entire novel was written completely from Lucy's point of view, so we don't even get to see the dual points of view at all in this novel. I think it would have been nice to see Josh's point of view in some scenes, as it might have helped with some of the miscommunications between Josh and Lucy. Lucy, the main character of the book, lacks a whole lot because she might be a spicy hothead and she sure can hold her own in conversation or argument. She comes up short in her personality, which I find to be really mediocre. She is a workaholic with basically no friends outside of work and doesn't even have any interests or even hobbies. What does she do on her weekends? sit around all day and surf the internet for Smurf collectibles. That's right, Smurfs, those little blue figurines. I wouldn't even know what a conversation with her would be like because what would she have in common with anyone? There isn't anything special that stands out about Lucy's character and it's hard to love a character that is so normal and boring. When I read a book, I want to experience... I want to be taken away by the characters that I read. I want to be put in their situations and feel their emotions. And with Lucy, I was not entertained. I didn't even feel anything when she was going through all of it. I felt sorry for her as she didn't appear to have any main interactions with other people outside in the real world besides her boss and Josh. 
Speaking of coming short, Lucy also lacked height as a character. And when I say this, she's literally short, like really short. She's a whole, wait for it, five foot tall. And I get it. I'm a short queen myself. But really, it felt like her being short was drilled into my brain. We get it, Sally Thorne. Lucy is short, but I don't need to be reminded every other line that she is short, okay? She might be petite, cute, and short, but unless you have a very specific point to highlight that adds anything to the narrative, then I don't need to be reminded quite literally about her height. All right, I think that's enough grilling of Lucy. Maybe we should look at the only other character that appears in this book, Joshua Templeman. He comes off as the complete opposite of Lucy, but somehow I completely hate him even more than Lucy. And we don't even get to see his point of view in this entire novel. Josh comes off as this egotistical guy that always seems to be perfect. He seems to always have this, oh, I'm an average white guy persona, but please, Lucy, don't just love me for my body because everyone who meets me only wants me for my body. It's like he's trying too hard to make the readers relate to whatever irrelevant problems he has going on in his life. I hate how he is painted in this perfect light and yet as the readers we are meant to feel sorry for him as he's looked upon as a sexual god by women. I'm sorry, you're complaining about how people always sexualize you? Then stop telling Lucy to go kiss another guy so she can compare which kiss is better, yours or Danny's. We get it. You want us to love you for your mind, body and soul. But that's hard when you don't give direct signals, Josh. I mean, just communicate with words what you want. It's really not that hard. Another thing I really didn't care for about this novel is the fact that there weren't people at all in this book. Do Josh and Lucy not have any other friends outside of work? Because that's kind of depressing, I'm sorry to say. Other than their bosses, Helene Pascal and Richard Bexley and Danny and Patrick Templeman and his wife Mindy and Josh's father, that's the entire list of people who actually appeared in this novel. This is excluding Lucy's parents just because they were mentioned to have a strawberry farm and that's how we know them as and how Lucy got her cute little nickname, Shortcake. I have to say, I am a sucker for when couples give each other pet names, but I felt like Shortcake was always an insult to Lucy just because Josh used it as the running joke throughout this novel. I hate to be that girl, but I have to mention the lack of diversity in the novel. Granted that there weren't a whole lot of characters that Sally Thorne could have played with, but still, a bit of diversity and a bit of colour would not hurt anyone, right? As I've mentioned before, this book was turned into a movie recently, and this might surprise some of you, but I didn't mind the movie version. I know a lot of you have high standards when movie production companies try to take literature into a form of media, but I think I had such low expectations coming into watching the movie 
that I didn't hate it as much. And yes, some of the details in the movie were different from the book, like how Josh didn't have the roster of different coloured shirts in the movie. But I think it's also the fact that I knew after two hours, I would be finished with the movie. It would be over. I really liked the casting choice as well. Lucy Hale as Lucy Hutton was absolutely perfect. And Austin Stowell as Joshua Templeman just couldn't be any more perfect. They've nailed it with the casting choice. I think they both had amazing on-screen chemistry and you could see it as well. So just a little PSA, if you haven't already, I think you should go check this movie out. It's actually a really good movie to watch. I have a theory. Hating someone feels disturbingly similar to being in love with them. I've had a lot of time to compare love and hate, and these are my observations. From this discussion on today's podcast, it's probably not going to shock you when I admit that I was not the biggest fan of the novel. Other than the fact that this book was written by an Australian author and has one of my favourite tropes of enemies to lovers, there is nothing about this book that makes it stand out or makes me want to pick this book up again. This book was too cliche and predictable for my liking. I love to hate things, but I wanted to DNF this book so many times while reading it. For me, I believed that this book was way too overhyped. And no, I would not recommend this to anyone. But my advice is if you want to have a taste at what this book is about, maybe watch the movie first. Then if you enjoyed the movie, maybe then invest some time into the book. I'm not usually the person to say I enjoyed the movie more than the book, but for this instance, I will, because The Hating Game by Sally Thorne is a subpar, basic cliche of every cheesy workplace romance involving enemies turned to lovers. And on that note, I will be giving this book a very generous one out of five stars. I'm really sorry, once again, if you enjoyed The Hating Game by Sally Thorne and I've basically trashed it through this entire podcast. I apologize. I know that this one will be very controversial, but what can I say? These are my opinions. Take it or leave it. Thank you so much again for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it was very negative, but I hope you can hear my criticism. Um, Once again, please, if you haven't already, follow me on TikTok at the Book Talk Corner podcast. And I will see you guys next week for another podcast episode. Thanks. Bye.